AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Big rally in the soy complex to start the week. That pulled corn to the upside, while selling dominated the wheat market at the end of the day. Cattle complex traded on the plus side of unchanged. And the big gainer of the day, a $3 plus rally in lean hogs. Live from Hog Day Afternoon via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk this afternoon. We'll talk with Tommy G. Tommy Grisafi from Advanced Trading Joins. And right after the news, Varsity Joe Vaklovic from Standard Grain. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. Hey, you know what I just realized since we're at the, it's February 21st. It sure is. Right? So yep. tomorrow will be three weeks after uh, that Roden uh, saw its shadow and, and said six more weeks. So we've only got three more weeks of winter left. Sounds like it's going to be a hard three weeks for it does, some of our friends up north. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Good yeah. point. Uh, what a wild weather event we are about to step into, Davis. Um, some heavy snow, heavy, heavy snow is expected in the upper Midwest. That was uh, two heavies. That's two heavies. Well, I... I could probably throw another one in there. If well, you technically, would like. it was three. Okay, heavy, heavy, heavy snow expected Oof. in the upper Midwest. Don't say it like that. We've got yeah. some ice that that is going to be rolling into areas of the Midwest, southeast Iowa in particular. I think is kind of in the the bullseye for that. Heavy rain in the south and the eastern Corn Belt. Had a great conversation with Aaron Wilson this morning. Uh, he is the state climatologist of Ohio, and uh, he went through a lot of what is happening in the big picture on the weather front right now that's that's bringing in some of these pattern changes mm-hmm. and uh, and what it might mean for us going forward. So if you Great. did not yeah. hear that, give it a listen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Do that. Tommy G okay. today. That's exciting. Tommy G. Tommy G. That's right. That's right, and a lot of news, so we probably better go ahead and get started. You want to? Yeah. Crop uncertainty, limited selling in hard red futures, and spreaders used the long side of the HRW market against a short position in soft red winter wheat. March SRW futures opened just a quarter of a penny higher, then rallied on spillover support from soybeans to spike resistance at Friday's high. The contract then reversed lower to close below Friday's low. Export inspections of wheat in the weekend at February 16 totaled just over 373,000 metric tons. That was at the low end of trade expectations. Strength in the U.S. dollar index anchored futures to a low-range close across the wheat complex. March HRW wheat futures were two and one quarter cents lower, 904 and one quarter. March soft red wheat dropped 15 cents to 750 and one half. March spring wheat closed at 924 and one half. That one's down five and three quarters, Chip. Some volatility is coming back into the wheat market. I'm not going to say that there's high volatility in that market, but it, we're seeing some price movement and uh, uh, some reaction to headlines in the market again. So 
it's it, it the activity is ramping up in wheat, no question. Export inspections of corn in the weekend of February 16 totaled nearly 623,000 metric tons in line with trade expectations. Inspections are still 36% behind the Urigo pace. Corn opened slightly higher on concern about production in Argentina and on spillover support from solid gains in the soy complex. Corn backed off to test support just above Friday's low, then recovered to close back on the top side of the pivotal 680 level. Resistance in March corn is at last week's high of 688 and one quarter. March corn futures two and three quarter cents higher at 680 and one half. May corn up three cents, 680 and one half. July corn futures closed at 669er and one quarter, up three and one quarter cents today, Chip. Yeah, very much still a, a sideways trading affair. That March corn, the range is 670 to 690, and I don't see what's going to bust us out of that range this week. March soybean futures gapped higher after a two-night frost event in Argentina. The initial reaction to the highly unusual midsummer frost is that damage to the bean crop is likely minimal, but it is another obstacle for this year's bean yields. Pro-farmer South American crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier from Soy and Corn Advisor this morning cut his Argentine bean crop estimate another 2 million metric tons down to 34 million chip. Dry conditions and a return of hot temperatures are expected this week. Export inspections of beans in the weekend of February 16 totaled nearly 1.58 million metric tons in line with trade expectations. The upside gap in March beans remained open through the close. Today's settlement in March beans, the highest since June 10. March beans, 21 and one half cents higher, 1548 and three quarters. May beans up 21 and three quarters, 1544. July beans closed at 1536 and three quarters, up 22 and one quarter cents. March soybean meal was up $6.60 a ton. March bean oil up 126 points. So it was across the soy complex, the strength today. March cotton was 67 points higher, 80.92. On the livestock side, April live cattle futures posted a new contract high, then fell back to match the contract high close. Spillover support from hogs and a $3.83 jump in choice-graded heavyweight boxed beef this morning supported the rally. April fat cattle, 45 cents higher, 165.10. June live cattle gained 75 cents, 160.87 and one-half. March feeders, 35 cents higher, 186.87 and one-half. Snout side. April lean hog futures opened solidly higher and on session lows, then rallied sharply and stopped short. Uh, of a full test of resistance at 90 bucks, hogs have tied together back-to-back week starting rallies, and today posted the highest close since January 10. Mm. April hogs three dollars 82 and one half cents higher, 89.10. June hogs scampered 255 higher to 105.27 and one half chip. Yeah, that was a shot to the upside in that hog market today. All right, thank you, Davis. Joe Vaklovic, Standard Grain, joins us now. How you doing, Joe? What's up, Chip? Long time no see, my friend. Yeah, yeah, Thursday, long time. Um, what's up? Everything was up today. The soy complex. Yeah, I mean, is it real? Uh, I mean, it's real. Um, there was a frost event, and I didn't. The maps I saw didn't really indicate that there was going to be a ton of widespread damage. Right. That being said, I know that if you get in at the 30s, you get the right winds. There could be some damage. I think that was part of it. I think the other part of it is that the forecast for South America really doesn't look good. Uh, right. Brazil is going to continue to be wet, and that's going to result in 
you know, delayed harvest in regards to soybeans, delayed planting in regards to corn. And then Argentina is the opposite. It's still dry and they need rain. So I, I think the general sentiment coming in after the three-day weekend, not just because of the frost thing, but right. just weather in general is, is all kind of positive stuff. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Uh, Dr. C from Soy and Corn Advisor didn't cut 2 million ton from the Argentine crop because of the frost. It was because last week was dry again, and there's more dry. Yeah, I'm assuming he made that cut like last week, right, before this event even happened. Uh, No, he did mention, that. okay, you know, that frost was out there. But it was it was because of the uh, it it was because of the dry conditions and and drought stress. That makes Um, more sense to me. I'm sure there was some damage in some places. But I mean, the maps that I saw, all your big time corn and soybean country. I mean, the lows were like in the upper 30s, low 40s. I I don't know if that's enough. Right. Ag Outlook Conference this week. You looking forward to anything there? No, I'm not looking forward to it at all. As a matter of fact, Um, it's a bunch of useless nonsense generally speaking i mean i know people will, will talk about it and and i'll have to talk about it because yeah. it is newsworthy but it's it's not worth the paper it's written on gotcha all right good stuff joe thanks man we'll talk to you next week see you buddy all right joe vaklevic standard grain coming up next we got tommy grisafi from advanced trading right here on agritalk to produce higher yields and greater value at harvest timing is everything Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us this afternoon. Davis Michelson is here. I think. I am. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good. Heck yeah. All right. Um, miss it. <laughs> you know, sometimes Joe just gets straight to the bottom line on it. I don't know if that's, that's worth the paper it's printed on, but. Yeah, not much ambiguity there. No, no, not at all, not at all. And uh, but markets will be paying close attention to the Ag Outlook Forum, the annual Ag Outlook Forum from USDA. Well, and people so, will trade those numbers. Oh yeah, it's, it's not that they, it's not that they don't matter in the short term. They will impact some some traders' decisions in the in the short term. That's right. But and I think what he's saying is there's a long ways to go yet before we can really get to the get to the meat of it exactly exactly um i am interested in what they are thinking on the acreage side Uh, i'll admit i'm i'm uh i'm interested in in what they're going to put in there for planted corn and planted soybean numbers uh and uh you know i I guess we'll find out i don't remember if that's thursday afternoon or friday morning might have to wait until friday morning i think it's thursday is it thursday i don't even know could be what day is today who 
No one even today, knows what day it is, is anymore. Today is Tuesday. Today huh? is Tuesday. Yes, huh? I'm positive of that. Today is Tuesday that. because I got Tommy. I got Tommy Grisafi booked for Tuesday, and he's on with us right now. How you doing, Tommy? I'm doing well listening to you two. It's making me smile. So good to be here. <laughs> good. Love hearing it. Love hearing it. Everything good? Where are you at these days? I am in Valparaiso, Indiana, but I will be okay. driving to you. Uh, we have a new office in Bentendorf, Iowa, and I will speak, be speaking with the good folks at Liquid Grow, Lead Academy, probably a, a, a venue you've been to, the Wildwood Smokehouse and Saloon yeah. in Iowa City. I bet yeah. you've had a beer there in something, something. You ever heard <laughs> yeah. of that place? I have. I have heard of that place. Yes, I have. So, I will I'm not be sure there I 9 o'clock till noon tomorrow. I hear someone chirping in on the back. What's that, Young Davis? I'm not sure I could spell Valparaiso or Bettendorf correctly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> Siri you know, definitely knows my ability to spell because she well, answers a lot of questions for me. If you're if you're expecting me to write you a letter in the future, open an office in like Smithtown somewhere or something like that. You know, I can spell that. That's Davisville. No Davisville would be even easier. Yes. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. It'd right. be very convenient for me, Tommy. Hey, so what what are you learning this winter, Tommy, out uh, talking with producers across the country? What are you learning? <laughs> well, I've toned down the speaking events because work personally is busy. And I yeah. hit a conundrum where do you get paid to speak or do you get paid from your clients who you're supposed to be helping already? And uh, I don't speak in public as much as I used to. This yeah. will be my fourth speaking event. But I am definitely calling clients a lot more one-on-one. Uh, doing a lot more audio blips for him and video blips and everything else. And the farmer is cautiously optimistic. That's the best way I could describe it. They're smart enough to know good times don't last forever, but we definitely have good times right now. And they are long cash. They have cash in their hand and we're just running around telling them, hey, you can get 4% for that, 5% for that. Let's turn some grain into cash. And although they know, we all know, right? I've listened to your show all the time. And the reason I wanted to talk about different things today was every day I listen, I kind of feel like every broker analyst has the same pitch. I'm like, what are we missing here? Because everyone knows July corn's X amount lower than March. What are we, everyone's saying the same thing. There must be something else going on in the markets that we're not seeing, Chip, because mm-hmm. it's it seems obvious that Every year, these corn's fifty cents lower, right? We're six dollars up front, five fifty and twenty-four, and five dollars and twenty-five. That five dollars and twenty-five should scare the heck out of your listeners, your great listeners, because they probably have a five twenty-five, five fifty cost production if things don't calm down here in the world economies, and right. and that's what scares us moving forward. Okay, all right. You know, speaking of the the condition of the farm economy or the state of the farm economy, I got a note from Doug. Uh, this morning, just this morning, he's, he wanted to just drop me a note that he said you might find it interesting. He says, our farm in southeast Pennsylvania uses a rolling line of credit with our bank. With prepaying inputs and storing grain, it fluctuates throughout the year, but it never truly gets down to zero until today. He says, if you're looking for a signal for equipment prices or land values to start to ease, this this would point to the opposite I think, Tommy, the reason that I brought that up is is because of what you were saying with with uh, cash flows being in pretty good condition right now, that it, 
I, I I see that, but at the same time, I also see reports that operating lines of credit uh, for some are the biggest that they've ever had. Hundred oh, percent fact that the American farmers getting ready to put in the most expensive doggone crop they've ever put in, and that's why they're worried so much about. Uh, the downside is that there's not a lot to give back, correct? With how expensive this crop is and what yeah. markets could do, that that could start hurting people much sooner than last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, we got the Fed minutes or getting the Fed minutes tomorrow. We're going to learn what was behind that quarter point increase. But this this interest rate environment that we're living in now, is it just changes everything and and, and how you need to look at financing, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you and I, uh, you were down at the board when I was down there and I traded interest rates for a long time. The reason I don't trade very many interest rates, or at least I haven't till last year, is that volatility and the actual rate, like if you looked at a 30, 40 year chart of interest rates, they've done a, a hot bit of nothing for the last 15 years. We did have a little blip in 17, 18, 19, where interest rates were up a little, where you could have got one, 2% in a CD. But what I wanted to just, I know viewers hear it when they watch the nightly news, but it's really important to understand. The two-year yield is yielding 4.75 and the 10-year note is 3.95. That's 80 pips difference. What's amazing is the six-month yield is yielding 5.02. And that's how your banks are giving you 4.5% on local money. If they go to the Fed to get the money, they have to pay 5%. If they flash you a 4% number, they're getting it at a bargain and you're getting 4%, which is not a bad deal. So right. we have not had anything like this. I'm 50 years old. We're talking when I was 35, we had a decent interest rate in America, like a 6% mortgage. And I have uh, friends of my kids who are 20 years old and real estate brokers. And they're telling me how it should be illegal that interest rates are going up as if they learned nothing about free markets and capitalism at Valparaiso High School. But it's not to their advantage, right? So if you're a young real estate person and you're trying to explain to someone why an 8% mortgage is okay, and then you're having to tell the seller why they should uh, discount their house, now all of a sudden it, it's hard to move properties. And of course, as you know, you're, you're, you do this, but the Fed wants to put pain out there to the consumer and doggone it. It's working. The Dow Jones is down 675 right now. So it's definitely yeah. working, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we, we kind of joke about the, the stock indices and, and um, how they, how they move and how they make you feel. Well, it's real, isn't it? It It is real. It affects the way the consumers spend their money going forward. Yes, sir. And Walmart had earnings this morning and they yeah. kind of tanked. And what's crazy there is the Walmart CEO said what he's most optimistic about is AI. And he's looking to get rid of as many employees and just get as many bots doing the job. And yeah. next time you buy a dozen of the $6 eggs, you'll be swiping them yourself because there's no one at that doggone counter to check you out. Right. Right. That That is true. And I mean, you see that, uh, you see that happening everywhere. Uh, no question. So, what do you make of the overall economy and how is it going to impact demand for, for ag commodities? 
Well, today was a great day for American agriculture outside of wheat, but we had the meats up, we had the grains up, wheat was struggling, and that's for different reasons. But the overall ag economy is in great shape. When I'm up there in North Dakota, I'm sitting at that bank and I'm watching customer after customer come in of both the bank and myself. And they, a lot of my clients chip right now do not have, they have an operating line. They are not using it. Yeah. Their land values that they own from say a thousand dollars an acre. We just had a whole section trade at $8,600 per acre in trail County, uh, North Dakota. So when you look at uh, different auctions, our friend, uh, the land talker, uh, Jim, you know, when, every day he's posting land in Iowa, 14, 15, 16, 17. When he flings a 12, I ask him, what's the matter with that piece? They have a bunch of rocks or something. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at land values that are so high that if a, if a Iowa farmer just sold 100 acres of their worst ground, they would never need operating again. And right. uh, there's really a chance to set up families for multi-generations. Uh, a horrible scenario would be if this land went from bid, 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 bid to no bid. That would right. be a disaster. Yes. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. But could it? Yeah, I've seen it happen in other markets plenty of times. Right. Look what right. cattle did okay. when uh, the pandemic happened. Yep. Yep. Okay, buddy, we got to take a break. Uh, when yes, we sir. come back, I want to talk about the volatility that's in the market, how you can use the lack of volatility to your advantage. We are talking with Tommy Grisafi, Advanced Trading, and Egg Bowl Media right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Frost occurred Saturday morning in Argentina's summer grain and oilseed production areas. South American crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier cut his Argentine soybean crop estimate another 2 million metric tons, noting everything that could go wrong with the 22-23 bean crop in Argentina did go wrong. Leaders from Russia and Turkey will discuss the Black Sea Grain Export Initiative in the near future, though there has been no exact date set. President Vladimir Putin noted Russia has all the financial resources it needs to guarantee its national security and development despite Western economic sanctions. The U.S. is closely monitoring China to see if it provides Russia with lethal assistance in its war with Ukraine. And the People's Bank of China kept its key lending rates steady for the sixth straight month. That was widely expected. News of note taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Try ProFarmer.com.
opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us. We are in the middle of a conversation with Tommy Grisafi, Advanced Trading and Ag Bull Media. Before we get back to Tommy, let's go ahead and have Davis recap where the market's closed. Chip March HRW wheat futures two and one quarter cents lower nine oh four and one quarter. March soft red wheat dropped fifteen cents to seven fifty and one half. March corn futures were two and three quarter cents higher, six eighty and one half. July corn futures closed at six sixty nine and one quarter, up three and one quarter cents. March soybean futures twenty one and one half cents higher, fifteen forty eight and three quarters. July closed at fifteen thirty six and three quarters, up twenty two and one quarter cents today. March cotton sixty seven points higher, eighty ninety two. On your livestock, April fat cattle were forty five cents higher, one sixty five ten. March feeder futures thirty five cents higher, one eighty six eighty seven and one half. And April lean hog futures three dollars eighty two and one half cents higher. 89.10. That's your quick market recap. Back to you, Chip. All right, Davis. Thank you so much. Tommy Grisafi, Advanced Trading, is our guest analyst today. Tommy, does it surprise you, impress you, whatever, that we've got old crop beans up here around 1550, uh, the new crop contract trading around 14 bucks? Does, does that all make sense to you? <laughs> well, in history, whenever we have a bull market, the whole world quickly gets back into ag in a big way and outproduces and it's going to happen but it it has not happened yet and uh, Ukraine is not getting more into agriculture they're getting less into it and overall there's decent demand here or there Uh, every once in a while someone misbehaves and says they want all non-GMO corn or something like that but there's a lot of mouths to feed in the world and with all this crazy stuff going on with uh, like the Dutch government and what they're doing, yep. taking away farm ground, it, yeah, it's ag's changing. And for as much as I'd love to say, you need to get protected, you need to get Ford sold and prices are collapsing. They're, they're actually not. I mean, we, we had a great day in the grain markets today yep. and they uh, volatility slow. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. And so I'm surprised, but I'm a student of the market. I'm always learning and you, uh, you, you don't want to fight this. I mean, I, I had a farmer who just signed up today. And one of the things he, I said, what was wrong with your old broker? He said, when the war started last year and we were short futures, he just couldn't admit he was wrong. So you have a plan and then a war starts and you got to adjust that plan. And yeah. we're, we're adjusting every day. We're adjusting people's positions. We're adjusting people's expectations of what they want from a market. And I guess the question is, what do you want from a broker? Or do you even need one, right, Chip? Yeah. I mean, you know, you yeah. could become, anyone could become their own broker. You, do, you don't need Tom Grisafi or Advanced Trading. And I say that with all due respect to my coworkers, but I don't pay a lot of commission when I trade because I own a seat at the Board of Trade. So yeah. uh, if someone wants to learn how to do that, well, doggone it, this is America. Do that. I'll, I'll help you do that. I'll hold your hand and help you get a seat on the exchange. So yeah. what is it people want from the markets? Hmm. It's a million-dollar question, my friend. Yeah, it, it certainly is. You know, And and it, it almost feels like the corn market has gotten used to 670-plus corn. 
uh, the bean market is is spending time above 15 bucks and this time acting like it kind of belongs there it it uh, the the bull market has has got some age to it but I don't know if it's done yet or not Tom I, I mean how do yeah. you how do you uh, make risk management plans in a market like this well when I when I want to see what the markets could do, I like looking at way out of the money puts and calls. So you say, uh, could corn go down two dollars this year? Well, what's a four dollar put in in twenty three? And it's three quarters of a penny. So if we did break two dollars, we'll look back and say, holy cow, you could have paid a penny and made fifty cents. But when I look at the upside bean calls, I had a client who had some call spreads on, and we took off the long leg, and we were going to keep the short leg. And I had said to myself, why the heck is a May $17 call still worth four or five cents? And maybe it was a May 16. I I don't have my quotes up in front of me. But the fact someone's willing to spend $250 to own from 16 or 17 to infinite, maybe this market's got some more upside. I mean, you know, the, the options market are the bookies. The options market, when there's a line on a game, like the Super Bowl, whoever comes up with that line, those very same mathematics and those very same personalities make the line on the corn market and the bean market. And that's, you know, is it gambling? Well, no, in the sense that, yeah, if you're a degenerate and abuse what the markets are, but if you use the tools of the market, there's some really fascinating things. And one of those things I'd like to talk to you about is not selling volatility right now. I listened to your episode last week with the uh, BJ yep. and yourself, I was driving through Iowa real late one night, need to stay up. You know, you normally listen, you'd think you'd fall asleep, but <laughs> it was action packed, Chip and Brian. And what Brian was saying was, isn't this wild? We have $15 beans, almost $7 corn and volatilities at a year, year and a half low. That seems odd to me, Chip. Yeah. Yeah, it it does to me, too. I was fascinated by the conversation as well with with Brian Split. It, it uh, um yeah, a lot of the things that we talked about made a lot of sense. Uh, some of it might have taken two or three listens to make sense of it, but it it's right there. And the uh, this low volatility environment, Tommy, it it makes it, sometimes it makes it more difficult to to focus on doing the right thing for the right reasons when it comes to marketing, right? Uh, yeah, I, I noticed when grains explode on the last few days of the explosion, I'll have clients who I would say aren't the best at marketing or speculating or trading or hedging or anything call and want to buy an enormous amount of calls because they read a tweet that we're going up two more dollars. And right. I anytime I faded one of those people, which is legal to do, I mean, if you work with hundreds of people and someone... Yeah someone's horrible at trading, you can always take the other side. Um, That's why friends who are in the trading business like to talk to other friends who trade and ask them, how are you trading? If Chip's trading poorly, I want to know what you're thinking so I can do the opposite, right? (laughs) And when you're on, uh, you know, you you, you don't want to fade Chip. And and so when option volatility explodes and then someone wants to buy calls, the, the very truth is those are the days you should be selling the calls. So when the ETF last year bought all that wheat and the People bought wheat and wheat's going double, triple limit up. Yeah, you could have sold some Board of Trade May $20 wheat calls for a stupid amount of money. 
I didn't sell any because I was scared with everyone else. And I sure as heck didn't sell any for anyone. I might've had one client sell two or four, but in general, people buy volatility when it's too high and when it's too low, they don't buy it. But to me right now, insurance is on sale. So if you need upside, uh, go buy it. I'll give you one statistic. Were you and Davis talking about weather right before I came on earlier, before Joe came on and how it's warm and then cold and this? Yep. A friend of mine who has a child out in Washington, D.C., said that the cherry blossoms might bloom abnormally early this year. Now, things like that, little signs like that, scare the heck out of me. Could we be going into a very warm weather pattern here in the United States? And uh, I remember in 2012, a lot of things were blooming early. We'll see what happens. But there's signs. The market, the obvious thing I hear everyone talk about every day. Every day I write my notes. What are we missing? What are we missing? What are we missing? Because I don't want to be caught the wrong way when this thing goes, whether it be yeah. up or down. Okay. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I think I agree with that completely. When it when we do start the next trending move, it it the potential for it to be violent, I think is is very real. And right now the. What makes me question my downside bias in these markets, because just simply because of where we're at uh, price-wise, Tommy, is everybody's questioning. Is is everybody seems to be looking for uh, some price pressure on these markets, and it feels like too easy, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. But when we do rally, it's more in the front end than the back end. So every day That's during good. crop insurance level, it's Groundhog Day. Dece corn's at five ninety five. Hence the yeah. we're going to be five ninety five crop insurance level. November beans broke out to the upside. But when you look at Dece twenty four, because I have some offers in Dece twenty four for some guys, that thing doesn't move. So you get all this front end spread activity, but the back end is not rallying. And the pain when I said under my show notes. Mm-hmm. Watch out for this paradigm shift in a much higher interest rate environment for many years to come. So the pains down the road, we know it's going to come as high labor cost, high input cost, high high cost of money and doing business, and then a, a general lower price in commodities. That is not easy to hedge against because the rates have already went up and the price is already lower a few years from now, and then we'll use a big word conundrum that gives you a conundrum because you know they're going to kick you in the mouth a few years from now, but you don't want to go forward selling a corn product that's a dollar lower. So what do you do? I don't have an answer. I just yeah. am aware of the situation. Yeah. And and the thing is trying to hedge it up front and, and roll it, roll it, roll it can eat you up, eat you up, eat you up. So yeah. And it's just wrong. I mean, you shouldn't yeah. take an old crop uh, right, right. future. If you did that as an elevator, you'd get fired. I mean, the elevator would get in trouble. So as an elevator, you shouldn't do that. As a farmer, well, I wouldn't do it either. Stay in the right year. Exactly. Exactly. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I've only got 30 seconds left, Tommy. What's got you most optimistic for the year ahead? You you always seem optimistic. How awesome the farmer made it through these bad times of 14, 15, all the way through 20, how they shine during the pandemic, and how I hope they get to enjoy their success and health money's not everything but damn it is it nice yeah it's good to have a little bit around when you can all right tommy good stuff my friend thank you so much we'll, we'll we will talk with you again soon thank you all right tommy grisafi advanced trading and ag bull media okay 
Davis and I will be back to wrap things up here in just a moment. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Willowwood Glypho 6 as low as $28.97 a gallon tote price when you pay cash and build a maximum qualifying FBN acre pack at fbn.com slash direct. Ends February 28. Price is subject to change. TNC apply. Welcome back to Talk, everyone. Your pal Davis Michelson here with Chip Flory. Uh, I've just been handed this, Chip, apparently a tornado warning in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, tornadoes absolutely. in New Jersey. Yeah, I was in February. I was, exactly, I was checking the checking the radar because it looks like we're starting to get a little bit of snow moving in right now, and uh, there were some warnings out there in New Jersey. Yeah, just outside of Trenton, uh, tornado warning until four fifteen Eastern. Well, now you're supposed to get some snow. Are there any flores outside your window currently? <laughs> Not yet. Not, okay. a, not as I can tell, no. All the flurries are inside. No, <laughs> I hope so, yes. <laughs> uh, well, that you know, that brings up, uh, we we spoke with uh, Ohio State climatologist Aaron Wilson. It might be A.A. A. Ron. Are we sure it's not A.A. A. Ron Wilson? I think it's Aaron. Aaron. Aaron Wilson. Yes. yes. Um, We got <laughs> frost in the middle of summer in Argentina. Now it's supposed yes. to be baking hot again. Yeah. We got weird storms. The weather is like so push pull. It's hot one well, not hot, but warm one day. You know, Big Apple Joe was talking about South Bend weather. You know, yeah. how do you like it? Just pick one day to the next. You you want it warm? Okay. Well, if you don't, wait till tomorrow. It's going to be cold. Right. right. It, you know, and we always kind of joke. Aaron was, Aaron don't was like talking weather, about mid seventies yeah. by Thursday over yes. in Ohio. Yes. Yes. Um, Aaron Wilson seems sort of unfazed. Concerned, uh, maybe not unconcerned. That's not probably not not the right word. He's like, eh, what are you going to do? We're in transition. We're in transition. Yeah. You know, this is what it is for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I I thought uh, uh, the way that he explained how that transition works, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's not just flipping a switch, right? To to go from to go from uh, La Nina to Enso neutral. Or as some people like to call it, La Nada. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> and and then the transition all the way over to an El Nino with warmer than normal sea surface temperatures along the equator in the Pacific Ocean can take months to get there. Mm-hmm. But once the cycle starts, 
and the pattern shift begins, it it becomes more and more difficult to turn it around. So mm-hmm. uh, some of the, you know, the atmospheric rivers that poured into California, as, as Aaron described them, yep. uh, were just fascinating weather events. May not bust a drought, but the snow that they are getting in the mountains and the storage of moisture that they've got that's going to melt off and hopefully refill some of the reservoirs out there. I don't know if we can get them all the way full in in one year, even with heavier than than normal snows. But, but boy, the pattern sure seems to be uh, coming around and suggesting better conditions in in the far west and in the central plains um it it, it's pointed in the right direction as far as moisture goes Mm -hmm. um great talk with tommy g from advanced trading glad to hear from from tommy as always uh you speak grisafi uh (laughs) a a little better than i do i i read it i don't speak it is is my thing um but so he (laughs) he did a thing i and it, it turned out to be a rhetorical question. He had me yeah. hanging. Oh, I, yeah. I thought he was going to finish the statement. What is it people want from the markets? I, I know. I was like, I was waiting for the for the million-dollar answer yes. myself. I want the answer. What's the right. answer? What's the hey, answer? What, what do people is, want from the markets? What is? Okay, I always say that the, that the uh, markets have two roles, two functions. Mm-hmm. Short term, it is to discover the price that is most representative of the value of the commodity that the that the market is trading. So find the price. Find the price of corn. That's pretty simple. The second function of the market is to make sure that the lowest cost producer gains the greatest reward. Um one way that it does that is it holds the higher cost producers underwater for a long enough period of time to reallocate the resources of the high cost producer to the lower cost producers. Okay. That's that's terrific, sensible. Love the uh, theoretical concept there. Okay. What if you got what if you got skin in the game? If I yeah. got skin in the game, what do I want? I don't care about the High cost producer and holding people underwater, sure. or well, you, whatever. You, you if better, I got skin you, in the game, what do I want? Care because you better be the low cost producer, the one that's that is being rewarded and uh-huh. is mm-hmm. is giving the and is given the opportunity to grow as operators as the high cost operators are forced out of the business. I mean, it's a very cold, factual way well, of looking at the market. It is. Uh, in in reality, in reality, I think most just want a fair price. Mm-hmm. Most want the market to reflect the fundamentals that are most likely in the future. And when you take a look at the weather and the shifting patterns, yeah, and the elevate you know quote unquote elevated price that we've got for the old crop, but also $14 new crop beans. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's not all. I wouldn't call that a low price. 
by any oh, stretch no. of the imagination. Nearly $6 December corn futures. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, th- this is a sign. What this tells me, what this tells me is that despite the confidence that is building that we are going to see good enough production in 2023 to build carryover stocks, mm. the market is not yet willing to force the high-cost producer out. They want every acre and every dime spent on producing as many bushels as can as as uh, can be produced. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So there's there's still the mar- the market is showing me some concern over supplies going forward. That's that's the bottom line there. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Good conversation there, Davis. Uh, tomorrow morning, Representative Randy Feenstra from Iowa, Farmer Forum, Randy from Nebraska, and Ryan from South Dakota.